Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and I don't suck, and neither does the Pipples podcast, but anyone who plays the Riders, they suck. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Let's go, Rider Nation. I'm ready. Joining us this week for a special edition of the Piffles podcast, we couldn't think of a better person to join us during Labor Day week than the commissioner of the CFL himself, Mr. Randy Ambrosi. Commissioner, thanks for joining us. Guys, it's great to be with you. My, uh, I should tell you that my, um, my wife and our youngest daughter were having dinner earlier, and we were talking about the podcast. And, uh, and of course, my youngest daughter had lots of questions, and we, we did some research, so Niels Piffles Taylor, World War One veteran and uh, pilot and hero, and uh, we got excited. Uh, all of us got excited at the thought of uh, joining the show tonight. So, to, thanks to all of you, and thanks for the great work you do for CFL fans. Well, geez, if you're that prepared, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm prepared well, as, well, as prepared as you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank, um, thanks for coming, Commissioner. I think we can cut it right there. Uh... Yeah. Um, well, we'll we'll start off. Uh, Randy, with a little bit of sad news in the CFL community this week, um, learning that Rich Stubler passed away. Um, you were with him in Edmonton um, in the early 90s when you were a player. He was defensive coordinator. You guys won a great cup together. Um, just a couple words, Randy, on, on Rich Stubler and, and what it was like going up against his defense in practice. Well, first of all, he was a remarkable man in addition to being a spectacular football coach. And I got to know Rich uh, really well personally. And we had a relationship, you know, go, going back to those days in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And uh, we stayed in touch, uh, you know, on and off over these many, many years. In fact, I I just talked to Rich uh, a short while ago. So it's it's a sad loss. But, you know, he was a he was a once in a generation defensive mind. He had a you know his his ability to scheme and prepare his defense to be successful. And and you know I saw him do amazing things. He did amazing things throughout his career. And you know it's a real loss. And we of course send our condolences to uh, to Rich's family. And and uh, he will forever live in our hearts. Now, what's what's something that you can tell us about him that uh, the fans may not know about him? Well, you know, I, I mean, there's just so many things. He was a fun guy. He uh, he loved his players. I think as much as anything, I recall back in, uh, you know, back in my Edmonton days. And, uh, you know, at that time, he had John Mandridge. Of course, we lost uh, we lost John a, a long time ago now. And he had Brett Williams. He had Stuart Hill. I mean, he was he was coaching a remarkable group, and uh, and the thing is, he loved his guys. He loved his veteran players. He loved being with them, and it always seemed to us on the in the offensive line room, it always seemed that they were having more fun in the defensive in the defensive room than we were having in the, in the offensive room. But uh, again, just a guy that loved his players, and you know, he was always with them. He. He wasn't uh, he wasn't inclined to sit in the coaches uh, coaches room. He was always out in the locker room 
hanging out with the guys. And you know what he was? He was a guy that loved the game of football and he loved, he loved the players who played the game. I, I think that's uh, one of my fondest memories of coach Stubler. Now you mentioned kind of the, the fun side of things that kind of leads us into the, the next segment here. You, uh, you got to play on both sides of the battle of Alberta and labor day. You got to play in the Toronto, the battle of the QEW. What's Labor Day like as we lead into Labor Day weekend here as a player on kind of all sides of that, of those rivalries and how does it compare to a regular, a regular season game? Well, you know, it's a great question. And, and what's interesting is I think in my, in my rookie season in 1985, I don't think I really understood it. And, uh, and then once you play in it once, what you realize is that the first there's a lot of intensity, especially if you're a young player, you know, from game, from the preseason games, and then there's an amp up in, in intensity in the regular season games. But when Labor Day hits, the league hits yet another level of intensity because now you're into that, now you're into that stretch drive. And it really, Labor Day kicks off that second season in the CFL. And there is, without a doubt, there's an intensity. And then of course, when you add to it the rivalries, uh, you know, you've, you Edmonton and Calgary, that goes back a long ways. Look, interestingly enough, this this weekend, given the given what happened in Edmonton on Sunday night, uh, there's a lot of significance to this game in in um, in in Calgary on Monday. And then I, I played, of course, in Toronto and going into Hamilton and playing against uh, Mike Walker and and Grover Covington, uh, I mean, those they were they were incredibly talented. But of course, you went into what was then Old Iverwind Stadium, and there was such an intensity to their crowd. And again, it was Labor Day, and it was the kickoff of the second season, and everything seemed to be just that much more important. So, boy, it's it's besides Great Cup weekend, it's one of the if maybe the funnest weekend of the season for all of us. And of course, in in Saskatchewan and Manitoba, you have this phenomenal, phenomenal rivalry between the Riders and the Bombers. And you've got a, you know, the Riders are coming off a great win. They're playing at home and they're playing in front of a huge, very partisan, I think we can say very partisan, uh, you know, fan base in uh, at Mosaic. And the Bombers are coming in, playing very well. So look, all of the games. And then we shouldn't discount. The fact that BC is going to Montreal this weekend, and uh, that's going to be an important game, important for both teams. I think this is just set up to be one of the greatest Labor Day weekends in CFL history. And I personally, I mean, I've got great memories dating back to my dating back to you know being a kid, playing in many of them, and now watching what'll happen this weekend. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching what'll what'll happen this weekend. It should be spectacular. Well, one thing about the games this year, there seems to be a lot of a lot more parity than there has been in past years. Like like you alluded to, there's a Edmonton with a two and nine record right now, still has a shot for the playoffs, but it's not one of those fluke shots. They're playing tight. Calgary's playing tight. Even the teams in the East are playing everyone tight. What do you think is bringing that this year? That what's causing that? I guess is the best way to put it. Well, first of all, you've got to give all the credit to the teams. You got to give the credit to the coaches, give the credit to uh, you know our general managers and team presidents. Look, I, I think when we go back a little bit, the changes that we made when we did our when we did our game review uh, last year, 
and some of the changes we made, uh, you know, to the kicking game, moving, you know, moving the ball a little further upfield on uh, on kickoffs and kickoff and, and and kickoff returns, of course, and punts and punts return. I think we're putting the ball in a better offensive position to start the to start uh, drives on. It's opening up the field for offensive coordinators. Uh, look, we've got some great young quarterbacks. I, I think there's a real story here in this league, as sad as it is always to see a veteran player or any player get injured. But we're seeing some amazing uh, young quarterbacks emerging in our league, and that's exciting. I mean, I could go on and on. Uh, look, our, our brand of football is I know I don't have to convince you. It's fun, fast, and entertaining. That's why we that's why we watch it. And one of the reasons why we love the league as much as we all do is that it is all three phases of the game. It's offense, defense, and special teams. So one of the reasons to answer your question why is special teams have been fantastic this year. You know, there have been a lot of there's been a lot of returns for touchdowns. When the ball is being exchanged in our league, it's a real play. It's a real part of the game, and it's just uh, adding so much value to uh, to the fan experience. So, again, just so many re- – there's a, lots of good reasons, great players, great coaching, and uh, and our game, our game is built to be fun, fast, and entertaining, and it's delivering on that. Randy, I know that you knew this question was going to pop up. We got to talk a little bit about Genius Sports um, and specifically the stats package that's uh, that's available online. Um, my question right now on this is, is this the system that we have for the rest of the season where we will get the game stats, uh, but we won't have updated league leaders until the following Monday? The system is being worked on. Look, I'm going to take a step back, Alex, if you don't mind, and just say for the record, it's been disappointing and frustrating that, uh, you know, we haven't, uh, the, ha- the system wasn't up and running the way all of you deserved from, you know, from game one. No doubt about it. And we shouldn't make excuses and hide from that. And we're not. But uh, Genius has put in, been hard at work and they made a huge commitment to A, what was what is in place now is a much, much more stable system. And it's operating very well. Uh, look, what they're going to be doing is they're going to be adding uh, historical stats to the package. Uh, each week, we're going to see more and more. In fact, that's going to be the theme. Every week, we're going to see more and more of the stats package available to our fans and to the media. And uh, it'll get better and better. It'll, again, very disappointing. But on the other side of that, Alex, it, it, it is an investment in our future. And a question I often get asked is, why didn't you hang on to the old system until this one was up and running? And because we wanted to make a long-term commitment to getting a really robust stats system in place, but it's much more than that. And and to be fair, it's not that the old system wasn't any good. The, the old system had a lot of functionality, but the package we're getting from Genius has enormous functionality. And it's also going to enable uh, new features, uh, it's going to play a big role in our broadcast augmentation strategy, which Genius is going to be a big part of. So again, disappointment in the short term, it's going to get better week in and week out as we go along, but the long term is going to be that much better because the system has 
just so many more capabilities. And in a world where we're not, you know, we're not competing against ourselves. We're competing against the entire world of sports. We needed to take a big leap forward in what we're going to be able to present to our great fans. And that's what the genius system is going to be able to do. Um, secondary question off this, and, and I don't know the answer to this. Um, when I want to look at, say, the top receivers just on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this year, on their web page, it doesn't even exist. There's, there's nothing there. Um, is that kind of tied in with Genius or is that or teams kind of on their own for something like that? No, all of that is tied into the same stat system. And again, you know, look, it's not the way it should be. And it's got to get better. And we've talking to the highest levels of genius executive uh, every week. And, and they're pressing the gas pedal to, to make improvements. Look, again, what I think you can, what you can expect, Alex, is that every week from here through to Grey Cup, you're going to see improvements week in and week out. More features are going to be made available. One thing they're working hard on is our historical stats package. You know, many of our fans really do want to see kind of that historical perspective. They're working hard on that. And the goal is to be as close to the full package being done by the time we get the Grey Cup. But again, I don't want anyone to, I don't want anyone to think we're being glib or we're being dismissive. It's been disappointing. But again, they're working hard at it. And, uh, and it's going to give us a much better platform going forward. Now, we've seen a huge uh, push in the Canadian market and in the CFL in regards to single game betting and, and fantasy football and, and all of that aspect. How much of that plays into what Genius is going to offer long term and how, how much of their, their plan is aimed in, the, in that direction at the kind of the single game betting staff and, and sports betting in general? Well, it is one of their core capabilities. And it was, without a doubt, one of the things that attracted us to them is that as the legislation changed in Canada, that uh, Genius had experience all around the world with some of the biggest leagues in, in all of sports. So without a doubt, that's something they do very well. And they know that they know that business incredibly well. So all of this is all tied together. It's all part of an it's all part of a big picture, which is what our board of governors supported is the idea that with a world-class partner like Genius, they can take us to places that we might not have been able to go on our own. And uh, even though we've stumbled here a little, I think you can still I can still say with great confidence they are the right partner for us and they're going to make a big difference. Look, in the end what it really is about is fan engagement. And if you look at some of what we announced last week, you know, our our we're seeing great success on the field. We talked about that already, but we're seeing huge success off the field. We're seeing a huge growth in our social media presence. We're seeing a lot of engagement on our social platforms. We're seeing participation in our in our free to play game environment. All of this is coming kind of part of the genius ecosystem. And, uh, and as single game wagering becomes more of a factor, look, what we want, we never want anyone to bet their, their meal, their, you know, their grocery money or their rent money or their mortgage money on a football game. We never want that. But to see tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of fans have a small wager on a game to make it more fun, that we, that we like a lot. And, and we're hoping the genius 
will, and we know that genius will play a big role in helping us get there. Now, switching on to a, another topic that every CFL fan thinks the refs are against them. Uh, how do you find the officiating this year? Do you find it consistent? Do you got like how do you guys uh, I guess evaluate your officials? Well, uh, the officials are evaluated every week. And uh, Darren Hackwood and Greg Dick, who is the head of our football operations group, and Darren Hackwood, who's the head of our officiating crew, they they evaluate every official in every game. Every play gets uh, gets scored. And look, I think our officials in the CFL do a remarkably good job. And and we should we shouldn't think. Uh, and sometimes that's one of the beauties of fans is we're very. Uh, and I'm a fan as well, by the way. We're all very. Uh, we have short memories. We think we're the only place in the world where officials uh, don't make the perfect calls all the time. I think we can look around the world of sports uh, and acknowledge that officials have a tough time, uh, you know, getting it right 100% of the time in every league around the world. But we tend to think ours struggle more. I actually think our officials are doing a remarkably good job, and I'm proud of them. But I'll tell you one thing I'm most proud of. One of the things that Darren and Greg did from day one is that they made a decision to not pretend we were perfect. And what they do every week is they send a report out to the teams where there were mistakes made and they do a mea culpa with the teams. And they do that because it's hard to tell somebody that you're doing it all right when they know you're not. And if you never admit that you've made a mistake, you'll have no credibility for the rest. And Greg and Darren have made, have created a culture around improvement. So one of the things they do is, is each, each official gets a, gets a report card. They know where they stand. Of course, we shorten the bench. We start the season with uh, a much bigger uh, number of officials. And as the season goes along, those whose scores are lower get dropped off. Those whose scores are better continue to officiating all the way to Great Cup when our best officials are the ones that get to officiate in the Great Cup game. So, look, this is always going to be a topic for discussion, and it's always going to be a work in progress. But I'd say we should all be very proud of the men and women that are officials in the Canadian Football League. I think they do a remarkably good job. They're not perfect. But they work very hard at their at their craft, and and uh, you know we are we are very pleased with them, and uh, and I can say personally, I'm I'm very proud to be associated with this group. Now I know we here at Piffles have spent years trying to promote the fact that Andre Pru is probably the best ref in the CFL, despite what the majority of Rider fans think. We're we're working to to change that image here, but you mentioned the uh, the report that goes out to teams. Has there ever been any thought about, because I know the, the league does it, the NBA, sorry, does it with their last two-minute report. Has there ever been any thought from the CFL about fans getting kind of a look at some of those mistakes and seeing where these mistakes might be happening? Or is that kind of off the table? Yeah. Well, you know, again, one of the things I'm going to give a lot of credit to Greg, Dick, and Darren is they're always thinking about what's next. In fact, I would say of the entire league, it's one of the things that I think is, uh, is again, something that I'm exceptionally proud of is nobody is, nobody is complacent. Nobody is thinking that we got it all figured out. Everyone is always thinking about what's next. What's the next innovation? 
What's the next change? So look, I, you know, we have not talked about that. Certainly I haven't spoken with Greg and Darren about that. Uh, it's something that, uh, you know, that we should put on the radar and ask, you know, ask ourselves, what would the, what would the value of that be? And will it help us look in the end, the goal of the goal of reporting to the teams where we have, where we have made mistakes is to build a tight relationship with our coaches and our players so that they know that we are in a constant state of improvement. And, uh, and there's a, there's a quality about that exercise that I want to make sure we maintain. Randy, you mentioned uh, talking about genius sports, about fan engagement. Um, the report that came out last week, halfway through the year, um, talking about fan engagement growing in places like Toronto, BC, Montreal, especially with younger audiences. Uh, can you take us into that a little bit and just uh, explain what we're what we're seeing in in terms of growth in these markets? Yeah, well, it's been it's been. I I don't know if you had an opportunity to watch Friday night's game, the Calgary Toronto game. But I got to tell you something. It was just such a an amazing atmosphere and uh, big crowd at BMO Field. E- exactly what all of us want. We want to turn on. We want to turn on our. Uh, you know, when we're turn on, tuning into TSN, we just want to see that big old crowd at BMO, and that's what we got. And then, in addition to in, in addition to a great crowd and great energy, we were treated to an exceptional game of football. I mean, those two quarterbacks just lit it up for us and there were performances great performances all over the field so you know i think it's a real shout out to what they to what's been happening in toronto a big shout out to bill manning and to chris schufeld and to michael clements and and the great coaching staff and great players and as i said earlier there's some young this wonderful young quarterback who's doing great things but it doesn't end there look uh you know what's happened in montreal since pierre carl palado i think the one of the great one of the great happenings in our league this year when we do a retrospective was the day we announced that Pierre Carl Palado is the new owner of the Montreal Alouettes. And there's a fantastic energy in Montreal around Mr. Palado and the commitment he's made, the long-term commitment he's made to, to the Alouettes. And, you know, they have performed incredibly well. And then the undeniable impact that Amar Doman is having in BC and the energy that we're seeing there so, you know, what was not that long ago, a story that you might have been asking me is, what are you, you know, Commissioner, what are you going to do with what's your major markets? Today, as we reported last week, and you've been watching with your own eyes, our three major markets are becoming a strength of ours. And that's really driving, you know, significant success in, in fan growth. Look, one of the biggest successes we've had this year is the 25 to 52 demographic is uh, so critical for our key stakeholders, for our sponsors and advertisers. And that's up 29% year over year. What it tells us is that a lot of the work we're doing behind the scenes, a lot of the work we're doing on these fan engagement strategies have been working. And it's what our fans, like, and I, I love you guys. And I know, you know, the same thing I hear over and over again, you probably talked about, and that's is the league's got to do more marketing. Well, this 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 era of marketing is all done through these social engagement strategies. And uh, and I'm proud to say that it's working. And then, of course, we add, you know, what is our brand and fun, fast and entertaining? That's what we're that's what we are in the Canadian Football League. And I think you would agree 
we've been delivering that uh, week in and week out, and it's uh, it's a very exciting time for us. You mentioned we've had some fantastic games this year, which goes to uh, what we originally talked about, just the game experience going up and, and play going up this year. Um, fan engagement growing in major markets, but that does come with a couple markets kind of slowing down a little bit. I think we can all agree that Edmonton had their market slow down a little bit in terms of people going to games just because of the losing streak. But now that that's over, I ho hopefully uh, that kind of you know gets pushed aside and, and the fans start going back there. But what about a place like Calgary? Um, they've had such a great team for the last 20 years, and now they have one, I mean, bad year, I guess. And it, it seems like there's a lot of issues in Calgary. Well, okay, you know what? Look, I, I know they're not uh, they're not satisfied with where they are, and there is work to be done. And I spent time just uh, last week talking to John Bean. John is the CEO of Calgary Sports and Entertainment. He's just a tremendous partner. And uh, and Jay McNeil and John Huffnagel, I talk to them, you know, all the time. There's, I think there's a few things. Number one is they they have been really good for a long time, and it has, you know, it has been a tougher season for them than than Stamps fans are used to. Like one of the issues that um, you know we talk about is you know their their stadium's not. Uh, it's certainly not mosaic uh, if you want to, you know, if you want to do a direct comparison. But they're hard at work on a lot of strategies. I've been so impressed with Jay McNeil, and you're always impressed with John Huffnagel. Look, I'm 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 a real believer in Calgary Sports and Entertainment, and I know they're going to do the work to make sure that uh, that they get that franchise to where they want it to be and where we where we all want it to be. And as it relates to Edmonton. You know what? It's uh, it was called the city of champions for a lot of good reasons, but that city's got a lot of heart, and there's a lot of there's a lot of football fans in that city that I think want to be part of what they're building there. And now Rick Lawlisher has stepped in. Super happy to have Rick, you know, take this short term position to really kind of get the you know get the ship heading in the right direction. So, you know, everywhere I look around the league, I think the truth is there's work to be done. It's not, we are not anywhere close to where we want to be. But a lot of the heavy lifting that we've done over the past, you know, three, four, five, and six years, a lot of that heavy lifting is starting to pay off now. And it's one of the many reasons why we're excited about the future that we're building. Now, we saw the turf, the turf traditions line dropped on Monday. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I speak for most CFL fans when I say retro looks are always a good look and we want to see more of it. Uh, we saw Jalen Hurts show up this past week looking uh, pretty good in that Birmingham Barracudas jersey. Any chance we see a U.S. expansion merch line at some time? Yeah, and it's a good question. I, and I don't have the I don't have a uh, off the cuff answer. I think what the teams are doing a really good job of and, uh, in, you know, partnership with uh, New Era is really thinking about, uh, again, that fun, fast and entertaining mantra. You know, how do we how do we create uh, in every element of our existence? How do we create compelling reasons for people to be our fans? And if it's through merchandise and whether that be new new looks or old looks, it's to make being a CFL fan fun, to make it fast and to make it entertaining. And, and I'll tell you, one of the, like Craig Reynolds, who I know you all know very well, you know, he's such a good partner to the league. Greg Ewell, their, their uh, 
their league governor, the riders are always thinking about how to advance their strategy to make their to make them as a big a part of the community as they can possibly be and to be a place where people want to be. And they want to be connected to those great riders. And we're seeing that all across the country. So I can't speak specifically to retro jerseys. What I can tell you is that the work that's being done by our presidents and is is compelling. This is a remarkable group, and it's the best ownership we've had in the Canadian Football League ever. You know, from, from Pierre Carl Palado in Montreal, John Ruddy and Roger Greenberg in Ottawa, two of the most remarkable men you'll ever meet. What's happening in Toronto with Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, Bob Young, Scott Mitchell, and Stelco uh, in, in uh, Hamilton. What Winnipeg is doing, which, by the way, I know you guys aren't necessarily, you know, going to give a big shout out to the Bombers, but what the Bombers and Wade Miller are doing. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Saskatchewan, of course, Ooh. I don't need to Ooh. convince you. Edmonton, you know, is, is going to go through their efforts. <coughs> Calgary Sports and Entertainment, phenomenal. And now Amar Doman. So, look, I think we've got the right group of people. We've got a huge commitment across the entire country. And, of course, I'm wearing tonight, I don't know if you can tell, I'm wearing my Touchdown Atlantic shirt. And uh, we saw another another example of just how big an impact we can have on the Atlantic region. And we're deep into conversations in Atlanta, Canada, about how we might bring our great game, you know, all the way to the East Coast and be a truly, you know, coast to coast Canadian football league. Do you have our notes in front of you? Because that was where I was going to next. Um, speaking touchdown Atlantic, obviously, you talk about your nine great owners. I know you're hoping for a tenth. Is there ever going to be a team in Halifax? And if so, can we not call it the Atlantic Schooners? I think the name is cursed. Right. Yeah. Well, I look, I'm told they're undefeated, so I don't know how cursed they are. Uh, as uh, as I think, in fact, I believe at Grey Cup, I often see uh, Atlantic Schooners undefeated uh, T-shirts and sweatshirts. Uh, look, what I can say is this. We've had a big commitment from our Board of Governors to make expansion a priority. We really would like to see expansion into, bless you, by the way, in um, in Atlantic Canada. <laughs> We are talking to a we are talking to a number of potential owners. We're having a very active discussion in in the region with a lot of the you know the key stakeholders, and uh, there is an appetite to to have the CFL move its tenth franchise you know into that market. So you know the work is being done. You know it's uh, it's a little bit like uh, I feel like we've been getting a lot of first downs, and now we're in the red zone. And, and, and I say that without, uh, I think I say that carefully, like we've, we have moved the, we have moved things down the field beautifully, but as you know, when you're down by five points and, and uh, the clock is ticking, being in the red zone is enough. You have to actually score for it to count. And so you have seen Ryder games this year. We have, <laughs> <laughs> but we have, we have good reason for optimism, but there's still some, there's still some work to be done. But uh, but there is also good reason to feel good about that possibility. What about other cities? Is there a potential chance at seeing, a, you know, a touchdown Victoria game, a touchdown Saskatoon, touchdown Quebec City, leading into a potential team in, in another market? Yeah, for sure. Actually, you're now taking a page out of my playbook. 
look, we are we are actively talking about and thinking about, you know, uh, Quebec City as a potential CFL market. And is that a possibility? And, uh, you know, we will have a we will have a time here sometime this fall, you know, to to start a conversation in Quebec City. It's one that we're looking forward to. And uh, and the Lions and Amar Doman. Amar Doman uh, is, is uh, you know, was born and raised on Vancouver Island. And he's got a great passion for Victoria and, and the whole island, by the way. Um, and, and they are talking about potentially bringing a game to Victoria, to sharing the CFL with another part of the great province of British Columbia. So the answer is all of these things are the wheels are in motion to look at all of them. And uh, that's, you know, a big part of what's going to go on at the league office this fall in, uh, in collaboration with the teams is where do you know, where do we go next? But uh, so we have the, we have our, we have our priority around our expansion, uh, you know, expansion uh, plans and then we have where do we share the game next? We're talking to cities like London, Ontario. Uh, we they hosted the Vanier Cup last year and had an opportunity to visit with a number of their key stakeholders, and they made it clear they would love to see us bring a CFL game to to London. So lots of good markets out there, and uh, and and opportunities for us to share our game. Um. Mentioned the Vanier Cup. Is there any chance of the Vanier Cup and Grey Cup being together on the same weekend in the same venue uh, again? Is there, is there discussions on that? Well, it's a great question, Alex, but, you know, we should just to think about where we want to go from here. One of the reasons why expansion is so exciting for us is that it would allow us to play our 18 games in 19 weeks rather than taking 21 that would push great. That would push our Great Cup to the first weekend in November, rather than the third weekend, and of course that would make it almost impossible for our, you know, for Canadian college football to play their season in order to align themselves with a, you know, let's say end of first weekend of November Vanier Cup. So while it would be magnificent to do it, and we're such big supporters of our of our Canadian college football system and our partners and our junior partners, but trying to line those two up would be very difficult because we're trying to go earlier. We'd like to see more of our games in the summer, more of our games played from, you know, season kickoff in early June through Labor Day, because that's really good for the league and playing great cup earlier in November would be really good for the CFL. So the two are not necessarily aligned, but, that doesn't mean we can't be big supporters of Vanier Cup. Now, we thought we'd end this interview with uh, with a nice little uh, game of this or that. Uh, I'm sure you've, you've seen these kind of questions before, but we're going to throw you a couple of options. You just tell us which one uh, of the two would be your, your go-to. Uh, starting off, iPhone or Android? iPhone. Hot dogs or hamburgers? Hamburgers. Cheesies or Cheetos? Oh, Cheetos. Camping or glamping? Oh, glamping. <laughs> and by the way, Old Dutch would be my answer to the Cheetos. Uh, I all... called it, guys. I said it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, cookies or cake? Uh, cake. And sp spaghetti with or without meatballs? Oh, with meatballs for sure. <laughs> Look at me. 
<laughs> you don't be coming off. I'm, a poor, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm an offensive lineman. Like you never miss an opportunity to have meatballs. Yeah, I was just gonna say you're an offensive lineman at heart. You, uh, you know, you know how to get that body frame, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Mr. Commissioner, thank you so much for uh, making time for us. I know how busy that your how busy your schedule is. So to take time for us and to speak to Ryder fans watching this, we really do appreciate it. Thank you very much for uh, some really in informative stuff here um, and being honest about a lot a lot of uh, the questions here, especially about genius um, genius sports, about how the league is looking to um, you know continue improving that every single week. Um, thank you for your time, and uh, we can't wait to see you again. Guys, looking forward to it. And I'm going to be, by the way, I'm going to be in Regina this weekend for the uh, Sunday game. So if you're around, uh, let's see if we can't hook up and say hello. We're all by we'll the steps on the way on the uh, onto the field. So you can't miss. Well, you can't miss all me. Right. I'm right there. Guys, you do a great job. Thanks very much. And uh, keep up the good work. The